All right, welcome back to the BA show. Uh, today, you got uh, I'm your host Alex, and got co-host uh, Brett here. How's it going, everyone? Um, I want to give this next intro. Um, we're interviewing uh, one of my best friends for the last 25 years. Um, we've bounced NBA ideas off of each other for countless hours, tons of phone calls. We've tried to figure out how to help the Jazz win a championship. Unfortunately, they ha- they haven't hired us to crack that problem. I not, don't know not what the problem is. But I've got our draft insider here, Ryan Erdman, on the pod. Ryan, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, we got plenty of pods to do. It's kind of the, the season to really talk about a lot, of ish- a lot of NBA stuff. It's funny that there's so many things to talk about with the NBA when there's like two games going on. But this is <laughs> like the busy night, season. Game another night. Yeah. We, yeah, we got the conference finals. We've got the NBA finals, which I hate with the finals. It's like a game and then three days. Yeah. A game and then three days. Like I get it. They want the best games on the rest. But then we go straight like after the finals, like three days later, we got draft. Then we got free agency. So... What are you uh, guys looking forward to the most with, like, just this next couple months? Oh, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about the draft. What uh, Danny Ainge and the Jazz, in particular, can do. Uh, they're after the draft lottery uh, Tuesday. Um, I was trying to remember the day, but after, after the draft lottery on Tuesday, Utah has the ninth pick, and so uh, it's going to be an interesting next about month and a half or so of um, you know scouting players, uh, you know the talk of the day, I guess, on Twitter if the Jazz should get this guy if he drops, uh, potential trades. There might be a lot of trade op- opportunities. So, draft season is just around the corner, and pretty stoked about that. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? You know, I'm really hoping hoping Ryan Smith can actually sign these rookies that we hopefully draft so we can watch them at Summer League. Yeah. yeah. So We've had some bad Summer League. <laughs> I was looking... So, I was going to mention that I haven't even been able to talk to you guys. I was looking at Summer League tickets. They've jacked the prices way up. What are they? They're like... Forty-five dollars for a three-day pass. It used to be like fifteen, twenty, 20 yeah. bucks. Now it's like parking nowadays at the arena. So <laughs> right. <laughs> I. I mean, I. I still want to go, but maybe I'll just go one day. I, I. I don't know if I'll make it up to Salt Lake three days in a row. We'll see. But that summer league is always fun to go to. Um, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, what were your guys' thoughts with the lottery and like where kind of it, where it shook out? Who do you want to go first? You can go ahead. Yeah. I'm still not convinced it's not rigged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Like, there's so many conspiracy theories, and sure, I'm a conspiracy theorist with some things, but you have, like, Tony Parker. I mean, he's from France. Played for the Spurs. Boris Diaw, Wemon Yama went to a team that Boris Diaw is part of, like, the staff, right? Oh. It's all pointing to the Spurs. For whatever reason... Maybe San Antonio is a market that pr- produces a lot of revenue, and the NBA wants it. This is where Wemby wanted to go, right? He wanted to go there. Amazingly, the Cavs got LeBron James, where 
you know, he kind Coincidence. of wanted to go. <laughs> it's just so fascinating. Oh, and let's see, we get Anthony Davis to L.A. because L.A. is trash, and we so the Lakers can be good again. And let's make sure that they get Zion, that the Pelicans get Zion in this Oh, game. to replace To replace him, because we don't want to rip them off all the way. They can develop these players. So that let's be honest, though. They really haven't gotten Zion. No. <laughs> They got Zion. They just don't have him. They don't have Zion Williamson. They, they, they have half a Zion. <laughs> they got. They got Zion's park. They got the yeah. The national park is sitting down on the bench doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but the the prospect. It's like we're going to utilize these markets to build these players in a manner so that we can have them go to all these big market teams. And then you look at the playoffs this year. You got the Heat, big market. You got the Knicks, big market. The Sixers. The Celtics, all big markets. On the other side, you have the Warriors, one of the biggest markets. The Lakers, one of the biggest markets. Denver's like the smallest one left. And then who is the other team? Phoenix? Oh, yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. So, and they're decent. I mean, the West, the, the good West size, doesn't have the same size. I've been to Phoenix but. plenty of times. That should be a top ten market. That's a great place to want to go play basketball. So it's what a luxury it is right now for yeah. the commissioner and the people. You know. I mean, here's your sign, NBA, that like – the small market teams are struggling. Yeah, you know, like where there is no small market teams. No, we they got, just can't. They can't compete very well when all the big names go to all the big markets, or about three, about four or five of the big markets, and then you're just kind of stuck with, you know, these these teams that can't compete, can't sign anybody, don't have any money, and then once. It's the once the, once their like seven or eight year contract is up, you know, after you drafted them and they stayed there, they get that extension. Not anymore. Well, right. now it's five. It's sign sign your big extension and then force your way out. You can do the whole Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs and be like, I'm not going to play defense or be a good teammate. Yeah, that's what J- jokes on the Cavs. He can't play defense over there either. <laughs> it's so weird how that skill didn't translate. Well, it translated. <laughs> oh, not playing defense yeah. did. But I don't know. Um, my thought on the lottery process, um, I I was kind of like, oh, Wemby going to the Spurs is fine. I'm interested to see how long Popovich is going to coach now because it felt like we were at the very end of his career. He's rejuvenated. But yeah. I, I think he's Sign definitely uh, yeah. taking the blue pill and he's ready to go again. You can you can add five titles to that, that franchise now. He was almost about to retire and suddenly he gained another 15 years of availability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim Duncan might be coming out of retirement. Tim, coming back. Tim Duncan with his dreadlocks. And guys oh, heck yeah. Um, I'm more interested in your thoughts. I mean, Portland got lucky and they moved up. Fetch, yeah. Um, and Charlotte is in the number two hole. Yeah. What... They're they're kind of interesting because like, that's exciting for everybody. Michael Jordan sucks at picking, so he's going to pick. <laughs> well, the, he's removed himself though from ownership. He, for, for, he's a he, minority. If he has a say, he's going to get the Kwame Brown of the draft. <laughs> he's going to go find this guy that's going to be nothing and make sure he lands that, and it's going to help everybody out to know we dodged a bullet. Yeah, Grady Dick at number two. Let's <laughs> go. <Grady Dick. laughs> um, there you go. But. Oh, like, man. Charlotte, it's just interesting. It's like, are they going to take Miller? Or are they going to take Scoot when they have LaMelo? Will they just pair two really Do good they guards? Have well, we could ask that with so many teams. Like, no, a lot of teams didn't have their players last year because they were told to sit oh, out for this right. tanking purpose. I have just a little exercise for you guys. This is a good, good place to put it. Okay, what is... 
Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, Jabari Parker, Chet Holmgren. I mean, I could probably keep going on this list. Um, what, else, what do those four have in common? common? Um, injuries. What else do they have in common? Um, Big names, though. Uh, I guess I guess uh, a little bit overrated. Okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you four more players just because I'm using four players right now, and let's see what, let's see if you can say what they have in common. They're mostly jazz guys: Michael Jordan, Donovan Mitchell, Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gobert. What do those guys have in common? Oh man. I mean, Six championship. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let me let me back up. So the Ball brothers, Parker and Chet, these were these high school females oh. from the United States that were hey, these guys have been groomed to play basketball and be the best of their generation. And they're young and oh. sure they're the best, but guess what? Every single one of them's hurt. You can throw Dante Exum in that area too, right? But this is the thing is, is these players all grew up, and their parents, their systems, AAU, call it what you will, they played basketball. That's it. Michael Jordan, Donovan Mitchell both played basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. It was not basketball centric. They have, they have uh, muscle okay. memory to know how to do different movements and not get hurt. Multi-levels. Gordon Hayward was a tennis player That's as right. well as a basketball player. Rudy Gobert was a boxer and a basketball player. They do something besides oh. basketball. And they become more durable. I'm actually curious what Mikel Bridges did because he hasn't missed a game in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like the players that make it, for the most part, when you're looking at these draft classes, you need to like know what did you do before this? Have you just done basketball? Because if there's that player that's just done basketball, my concern with Scoop is he's been just basketball. He's built like a tank, so he might be okay. But what happens if all this burst that he's put into his legs that's specifically for dunking or doing one thing and he just tears his ACL and then suddenly he's never Scoop? Yeah. yeah. Same with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose played all basketball. I mean, you look at... The ironic thing is a player that played two sports that had bad injuries early on, and it's more likely because of his size, was Embiid. But he played soccer before. Embiid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been one heck of a goalie. One. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the point is, is, like, these players have to do more than just basketball. If they just do basketball, it's a terrible investment, especially on a small market that can't lure people in. You gotta make sure you're betting these things. I'm worried though, like in this day and age, with all the AAU and all of the summer camps, that that's kind of what they're told to do. That's, and it's true. And so, like finding those guys has got to be like super rare now. I mean, yeah. Allen Iverson, he was a football player. Yep, LeBron James, football. football yeah. Like Iverson was actually pretty durable for how small he was. He, took a his, his he had a ton of injuries, but he played prim- through them. His prime, he was pretty durable and didn't miss games or for his size. And then once he got out of Philly and like his right. that I, two, I, after like two thousand nine, he just like fell. I think like, once he got traded, he probably lost his passion a little bit for the game. Yeah. I think so yeah, but the point is like when you're looking at draft classes, as I go back and look at the previous drafts that I kind of guessed on, it's one thing to like look at a highlight video and say that guy's got it. Because a lot of these players have it. Like, a lot of times you're not wrong. But all it takes is one thing. Dante Exum had it. Like, ironically, before, when he was drafted, he was in Australia dropping 40 points a game, just doing great things. He was a scorer. He came over towards ACL. The, the team moved on without him. They got good overnight because Rudy Gobert emerged as this amazing force, and suddenly we won 50 games every year because he was good. And then Quinn Snyder pivoted to, oh, we're 
we're trying to contend now. I'm not developing people anymore. And so Dante Exum was just kind of pushed aside, never given a fair chance, and he kept getting hurt when he did. Um, another guy, I think Alec Burks, basketball only, when he was on the Jazz, mm-hmm. injury after injury. Oh, yep. And so, and, and so yep. when they get these players that are that way are interesting because it's like the second draft. Like the Lonzo Ball, let him come back and get hurt again and again where his value is not right. Go sign him for cheap in the offseason to a multi-year deal, get four years or something for Lonzo, and then put him through camps to, to give him strength and other muscles. Like, work on that because the skill set for basketball is there. The health isn't there. You're like, yeah. Lamelo. for this offseason, you're going to become a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Michael Jordan should draft Grady Dick because then they have a dick and ball combo. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. Get the other, get Lamelo and Lonzo on that team. They can just be out there. Two dicks and a ball. East Coast. Oh, a dick and two balls. Oh no! <laughs> that poor announcer for those games, like trying to call a game using last names. That's not fair. <laughs> There's no way that there wouldn't be a little bit of laughter going on. Oh man! Um, well, the kind of I guess you brought up the topic about you know you named some players that you know compared. Uh, so go back and like three names that you were like you hit like we've Brett. Uh, kind of talked to me about like you said, you know this one like Rudy Gobert. Like you were talking, like Rudy Gobert is going to be a really good player. He was pick all tw- in on Rudy. pick twenty seven, and like was, he's yeah. he was all in on DeAndre Jordan, who had a fine career for I, ten years. I called Whitesides as well out of Marshall. Yes, I said Whitesides is going to be good. So he, like yeah, I, I just talk about like some of like what what why do you enjoy scouting players so much and like. What's your passion for it, and like, why do you have such good results? Do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's if you go by good results, it's because I have no skin in the game. <laughs> like, it's just like if you were to play something you don't care. You go golf and don't care. You'll golf better than if you care. A lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, not all the time, but some sports. If like, if you get that chip off, where it's like. Like the jazz ownership and people that are paid to do this, and if they don't do it right, they could lose their job. They make mistakes because they overthink it. When you're looking at it mm-hmm. and you take a step back and watch it, it's like, this guy is going to be better. Like, you can just see it. And certain things will jump out at you. Early on in scouting, like, I was significantly better at, like, finding the big man. Like, I didn't miss on big man. Yeah. Guards and forwards, you can miss on them. Well, um, there's just so many. Yeah, and... and the other thing that's really tough in drafts is recognizing how good a prospect is in the draft. Because you can say, hey, this guy is... A good example, scouts made a mistake on this. They said, you know, Anthony Edwards, you know, he's in this draft, he's probably pretty good. But if you compare him to other elite stars, he's never going to measure up. That was completely wrong. He was great and that <laughs> draft was just fine. But they, they downgraded the draft for whatever reason. And this one, the interesting thing is they're inflating this one, and it makes me worry that maybe this one's not as good as they're inflating it to be, and we're going to come back and say, this is like the Exum, Julius Randle, um, Andrew Wiggins draft, where it was like, this is going to be the best draft since LeBron James and Wade and Anthony. Oh, and yeah. We not... were pumped for that draft, I remember. And, and in that draft, when Wiggins was supposed to go number one, I told you, Embiid should be the number one pick. Oh, yeah. And ironically, he's the... He's kind of the MVP this year. Like, he got the award. He's the second best player in the NBA. <laughs> He's not the MVP. Oh, well, I actually think he maybe be the third best. Okay, he might be third best. But he got the award, so good for him. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, right? 
Yeah, I mean, if if you're picking no, a no, team, no, hold today. on. We've got Jimmy Butler. <laughs> That's regular season. We're not if it's regular playoff. season MVP. All right, there we go. Yeah, regular season. But it, it's it's been interesting just going through. It. I don't know why I've always enjoyed it. I think what it is is like. I think it started with fantasy sports, and I, I actually I know exactly how this started. It started with fantasy sports, and way back in the day, I did this league where it was a. The NBA used to do this league where it was different. It was you purchased a player, you had a certain cash fund, like a salary cap, and you'd purchase a player, and that was your guy. And throughout the year, based on how they're playing, their value goes up and down. So if I started the year with $50, I could sell that player, and if he was doing well, I could sell him at a high point and be at like $52. And that gave me two more dollars to spend on a different player. How have I never heard about this? Because it went away, but it was awesome. But in that, but league, like you never told me this theory either. I didn't remember until this moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we have these discussions. Um, I guess. But what like, happened was sparks your memory. But this, this is this will be interesting to you to know why I like certain players. That year on my team, I had Paul Pierce, and I picked up Baron Davis. Uh huh. And I got Baron Davis for like fifty cents, and he was balling. His value went up to like. $8 and I sold him and I went and got a different player so I was in this random league of people and I was playing this leverage game kind of like what Danny Ainge is doing with draft picks but I was buying low and selling high and I was like if I can know who the best rookies are before it happens you can always buy rookies on the low Yeah. and if you can guess which ones are picked later their value is like at 5 cents and most of the time they didn't do anything but I'd be like okay I think this guy's going to get an opportunity he'll be good so interesting and like so, where did you find this league it was mb.com <laughs> they, they did it. Like, this Interesting. Is, this is back when we got on this thing called the internet. <laughs> and, <laughs> but like seriously, that's how it felt. You Ryan's like, like trying to buy rookies on dial-up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was like, I, pretty, I think I had dial-up in it at the time. And, I'm trying to <laughs> and uh, it started, like we played a fantasy football league and uh, uh, Brad Proscard actually started it. So it was like, I was in this league with him and some other people. Huh. And I watched it. I watched that and we were playing. It was, it was the year that John Starks was on the jazz. That was my first time playing. Because he's like, he's wow, going like to be the guy. So think about that. People don't even remember Dang. he played for us. I but, remembered he did, but the only reason I remember he came to the Junior Jazz player talk. You know how they'd all... And he yeah. he showed us how to shoot free throws correctly. He said if they went in, the ball would bounce right back to you every time if you're shooting the ball correctly. Oh, interesting. And he could do it. He could hit up and then whoop, the ball would come back. That's cool. Random fact. He's like, we hate exercise, makes the shot. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's interesting you asked that question because I was like, why did I start doing this? And why did I enjoy it? And it started with, if I do this, I win. And if I know these things, I'm going to be better. So it started with that and I started finding players where I'm like, this guy I think is going to go. So you remember like growing up, I loved Baron Davis because the true reason is he, I love, he was helping me win in fantasy. Like, he <laughs> made you go from $0.50 cents to $8. Like, well, Because once I got to a certain amount, I could really cash in on my value and be like, oh, yes, like Alonzo Mourning got hurt and his value is diving because other players are doing better. And I'm like, I'm going to buy him before he gets healthy. And yeah. I, had, I finally had enough to get him on my team. So that was a bigger player once he became healthy again and he got up to speed. So he, they, you know, they come back from injury and they slowly ramp up. I'm like, yes. So I was playing the system and understanding. It's almost like the stock market, like buying – bull run, bear run things. I was doing these things with this fantasy basketball league that was awesome. It's the only way you should really do it. And I think ever <laughs> since, like, I've tried other ways and I tried to make it fun, but Man. that was the best league. Yeah, it, we need to we need to figure out how to create it. We need to invent that again. Fun fantasy basketball because 
even myself, a huge NBA fan, I watch a lot of games. I I can't stick with with fantasy basketball, but I can with football and baseball. Yep. It's so weird. That's why though, is because you don't you're not invested in the same things. These guys play every game. Like well, actually, no, they play about thirty percent of their games. So you really have to have a strategy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that's crazy. So, like, just going back to his to Al's question, like. What would you consider, like, just, like, your top, like, scout wins that you've had before? I think I've won at least one player every year, but, and I've had misses, too, but, like, the best ones, the the year of Rudy Gobert was my best year, because if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, we were getting Trey Burke, and I didn't think he was going to fall to us, and I remember, like, the night of the Well, we traded up. Right, but I kept saying I was. I told Jed the the morning of, and I said, "This kid out of Lehigh, CJ McCollum, he missed the entire year. He might be better than Burke, and maybe we should hope that we don't get him and we get him instead." We could and, do and, some research too. Wasn't he on the Lehigh team that knocked Duke out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I knew he was a player, and I knew he had the grit, and I was like, I kind of like this guy. Trey Burke had an amazing college year in Michigan, and he was really fun to watch. He had a lot of swagger and shiftiness that reminded you of AI. And so it was really fun. That's why I fell for it. And so you liked him, and, I'm like, and I watched a couple college games, and, like, he was easy to root for because he was the little guy out there doing that. So, like, I think scouts probably do that where they develop a bias because this is uh, you're, you're having yeah. fun instead yeah. of observing. And so because it, I had so much fun with that <clears> guy, I, I was, like, excited to have Trey Burke on the Jazz. Yeah. And McCollum, though, when I watched him, like, he's a little bit bigger. He's just making it rain. He's a better shooter. He's, there were so many things that I'm like, I kind of like him more. So that year, I did really well with him, but we didn't get him. I was still excited. and But when we traded up, I remember I told you guys, I said, crap, now we don't have our second pick, which was like at 16 or something. And I was hoping we would get Rudy Gobert with that one. And I said, because yeah. I remember I said, I want Rudy Gobert or Steven Adams. Those are the next two bigs. Mm. And I wanted Rudy more, but I liked Steven Adams. But Steven, got, Steven went higher. He went sooner, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought we could get... McCollum and Adams originally, based on where project- that would have been good. But yeah, based on where projections yeah. were, because Rudy Gobert was way out there. And then when that happened and Adams was picked, I was like, I hope the Jazz go get Rudy. The other guy in that draft that was good that I was kind of lukewarm on, but I, I Giannis. I, no. <laughs> so that would be my miss in that draft, but that's everyone's miss. Yeah, yeah There no. was nothing to look that's at. That's 20, 30 GMs in the NBA. Well, no, like... Or 13. I think he was picked 13th, right? Yeah, I feel like it was yeah. like, his scouting films were, like, not on the internet, and if they were, they were in black and white, grainy. I never heard a word about it. I mean, right. Like, there was nothing to know. Nobody had a medical. So, like, you... Back then, I had, you know, we had Draft Express, which was awesome. Oh, man. The biggest travesty of ESPN buying them is the worst thing ever because those guys did a better job before ESPN. Oh, those tapes They should have had like a GoFundMe to not sign with ESPN to be honest because the people would have probably paid. Jonathan Giovanni, is that his name? There's another guy too. I can't remember his name but he was good. Man, they were so good. I loved their logo too on Twitter. Yeah. Like DX it reminded me of. (laughs) Oh yeah, they were awesome. So I had McCollum. He wasn't number one. The funny thing is I think I remember telling you Rudy Gobert is actually number one on my board. But I wouldn't pick him with my first pick because nobody will. So you can get him later. So I had Rudy one. I want to say I had Adams two. And I had, I don't know if it was McCollum three, but he was the guy I wanted with one of our picks because we needed a point guard. Do you know who was high in that draft class? Well, my other guy was Olenek. He was good too. But he was like, if we didn't get him, I was like, maybe Olenek. But in that draft class, if you think of the players that are still playing today, 
I was actually right on the money. Oh, I, yeah. I, I miss on Giannis just like everybody. Sure. So I'll own that one. But I, that's the one year that I didn't actually miss. Because I, I had a year where I really liked Timothy Luawa Cabarro. Yeah. Hoops. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what a miss sounds like. Hoops, right? Um, so or Jan Vesely. Like, those I, type of guys. I like Jan Vesely a lot. But it didn't happen. And there's no reason it shouldn't have happened. It just... Well, whatever reason. Mentally, I don't know... I don't get the chance to interview like these teams you to sniff this stuff out. Right, yeah. As a profession, like hiring people all the time and interviewing people in my previous job, yeah, that's super important. That's a variable like, oh. like you interview people. When you interview people, you can sniff out problems fast. And they people try to hide them. The, good, the worst ones are the good ones. Like when, and I assume this happens in drafts where it's like, everything's right about this person. And in draft day, same thing. <laughs> I love that movie. Right, but it's the same thing when you're interviewing talent for any occupation. You've got to find what's wrong. Because yeah. if somebody's too good to be true, they are. Everybody yeah. has a problem. Yeah. And then you find out this guy didn't read the book because there was money in the back and all that stuff. And, and, and it just so happened their their current quarterback is the one that put the $100 in the back of the book and it says, save this for when I win you guys the Super Bowl. <laughs> But that's that's the difference. Like the one guy didn't have the measurables, all the things in his favor, but he was the right guy. And then the guy that has all these things, it's like nobody shows up to his birthday party. Yeah, you know, like. And then he's like, I don't remember this, anything about but, my birthday. But this is why someone like me can miss easier. But the reason someone like me will hit more is because I have no skin in the game. I, my job, my if I get this wrong, you're, guess what? You're, I go to work tomorrow. And I still make my same Your family's <laughs> livelihood's not on the yeah, line. Yeah, there's no skin in the game, so. It'll happen, but that was my best draft. My best prospects, if you go early, I think, Brett, you mentioned him. Um, Hassan Whitesides. Um, DeAndre Jordan. Deion, Whitesides is interesting because he bombed interviews. He hated basketball. And he actually was out of the league for a little bit before he came back because he just doesn't like it. And, but he likes money, so he came back. <laughs> What's weird is after a decent year last year, no one picked him up. It's bizarre, yeah. Really weird. But DeAndre Jordan, Hassan Whitesides... Mm-hmm. You dug. Um, you really, really liked uh, what's his name, Kelly Oubre. I liked Oubre in that draft, and I think I missed on that. He's still playing. I d- I missed on Booker. Where, where is that, it? that was a year I missed. Oubre, I think he's a Hornet. Oh, yeah, he still plays. I missed that year. One of the hardest things to do in draft is picking guys from Kansas, like Bill Self. The way they run an offense, and like he'll he'll recruit the best, most highly recruited wings. And it's a crapshoot. Just use it. Well, luckily we might have got a good one. Maybe, <laughs> like, but most of the time you don't. <laughs> so what? What I was gonna ask two things. It's funny we're talking a lot about the 2013 draft class because it was one of the worst. But <laughs> um, do you remember New Orleans Noel? He had I, a huge hype. And oh, I said, no, do you yeah. remember? I said he's my bust in that draft. Yeah. I said he's the bust. And Rudy Gobert destroyed him in the rookie game, the rookie sophomore game. Destroyed him. Was the best player on the court in the stupid politics. Andrew Wiggins got the MVP, and it pissed me off well, so bad because he was not the best player in that He game. had bad luck, too, though. I think he tore his ACL or meniscus in college. Yeah. And so we didn't see him much. But That's true. Now, yeah. Did I you mean, it, do you have much experience with scouting? Have you gotten into the game a little bit, or do you? No, I my my knowledge of drafting is uh, secondhand. People telling me this guy is good. It seen him on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, this is the year, man. You're gonna pick up a new hobby. You gotta get you into this fantasy basketball league that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> I mean, I the the thing though with me, I guess with 
scouting or just seeing players is that there's too much, I guess, good things, like kind of what you were talking about. There's not not necessarily like I want to see bad stuff and be like, oh, like that guy's not going to be good. But, like I want to see like the whole like complete 360 picture, so, not just like the 180 face. Like, oh, yeah, this guy is good. Like we got to get him. Like You need to watch full games then. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm pretty, and, ca- I'm pretty cautious. Like I'm, I'm sure Victor Brembiyama is going to be really good, but like I, for me, like you see how skinny he is. He's playing overseas where the talent is not very good for the most part. Like I, I don't want him to fail, but I do. He's on the Spurs now. <laughs> I'll tell you this much: he's going to fail. The hype around him is this your hot take. This is my hot take. <laughs> what? What? Let's hear it. Here's my hot take on him. I think I mentioned this to you the other day, sort of. I think he's going to fail because the expectations are too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the fact that there's no yeah, I mean you can't live up to it. Even if you, know, you if you if you're not the best player to ever play the game, you failed. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. Like he's probably the best prospect since Anthony Davis. Well, they said best since LeBron. Best ever. And well, since LeBron, people. but like it basically, oh, basically, oh, yeah. I would say looking at prospects, the way I look at him, it was LeBron, Anthony Davis, KD, Wembenyama. KD wasn't as good of a prospect as those guys. Yeah, KD's he's, a better, he's a better player than he was. AD. So good in college, he was. But prospect wise, AD, he had the motor. It was like Kevin Garnett, but like more. It was just more. It was like Kevin Garnett that could do more, like passing and just. And what it was is like you go back on his resume, and this is what's fun about like scouting is. He was a point guard in high school. He was 6'1", and then he grew to 6'11", like after he was signed with Kentucky. And then so he shows up there thinking he's a point guard, and then suddenly he's your center who can handle <laughs> and do everything you want. And he has this motor to run the court that very few players, I mean Malone, Gobert, AD, there's very few players that run like that. And interestingly, Lowry has a motor I didn't know about. He runs the court. Yeah. Like he gets a lot of his points because he's just moving nonstop. He's fast. Well, Nikola Jokic, I mean... As, he, he he does try to book it down yeah, there. He he may not be the like the fastest like big man around, but like his intention and like his like motor is is pretty good for a guy that big and like weight wise and stuff like that. Like he's that, he wants to get down there and like he's got to be like the only stuff, guy but, you've ever seen that can dominate the NBA, Lord of the Rings, and Game of Thrones at the same time. <laughs> he looks like he's built for all of them. You know, early on in my scouting, like, that was probably the number one factor why I was so good at finding big men, is in film, I wasn't watching anything but how fast they got back and forth. Because if a big man is taking possession off on defense ever, they're a liability. And if they can't get down on offense, they're a liability. Like, and so Rudy, when I liked Rudy so much, he was gangly, awkward, didn't look right. But you could see it in his face, and you can see it in his body mannerisms, and his body was freakishly weird and big and awkward, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. This guy, the second something happens, is going his hardest effort every possession up and down the court. And on the Jazz, it was the same thing. Very rarely until toward the end when he had like complained to refs more and whatnot. But like early on, he was just nonstop motor. Malone, same thing. And when they have nonstop motor, the likelihood of them working out in the offseason and getting stronger and doing things is a lot higher because they care about that those things. So you have, you know, Andre Karolinko. He didn't have the, he had a motor, but not the same. But he never got strong. He never got big. Rudy Gobert from rookie year to today, he is oh, man. ripped. He worked so good on Giannis. Yeah, same thing. Giannis yeah. felt like a damn truck. Yeah, motor though. He yeah, he doesn't yeah. take possessions off. He goes. 
when you're looking at big men, like that's my best advice for anyone like getting into scouting, look for motor and big men first. And then like, I'd say for guards, look for IQ. And that's why without going too far into it, I really like Kaysen Wallace. Like I watch him play and I feel like I'm watching Drew Holiday or Conley and he's 19. Like he has the, he has it upstairs and you can't teach that. You try forever and players never get that. I have a feeling well, that... Let's, let's go back to that Victor uh, hot take. Like, you say that he might 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 not work out. Like, like kind so, of go a little bit deeper into that. I agree with every all the hype. I'll, I'll start with that. He's the best prospect since LeBron. He's probably better than LeBron as far as a prospect goes. You just don't grow seven, five guys that can handle... And like do what he does on yeah. trees and can impact a game the way he does. It's, it's, but he's also had some injuries in the past. He went and played, like you mentioned, in the league he played in. And it was a lower level league. So he can shine. And he can do it without trying hard. So he can stay healthy. Guess, I, guess what? You get in the NBA, these guys are going to punk you. They're going to beat you up. He's going to fill it. He's going to get hurt. He reminds me of like a Kristaps Porzingis. He had a lot of hype too. Seven three could shoot, do a lot of things. Couldn't handle the same way. Not quite the same prospect. Got destroyed by the Knicks fan base and media. Had his injuries. Ended up in Dallas. Really struggled in the playoffs because he, he, worked, he looks it. like he's working on his body though too. Well, he, exactly. Him and <laughs> him and Embiid, these big guys that have injuries early, they eventually figured out work on their body, and then they turn out to be really good. So Wembenyama, I think, will have a similar thing. I think he's going to get hurt. Do you think, though, like... He, he falls in that group of the Ball brothers. Jabari you don't think Parker. he's going to work on his body? I think he will. But I think he's, going back to my thing, the Ball brothers, Jabari Parker, Chet Holmgren. He, as far as I know, plays basketball his entire life. Because why? Because he's worth a half a billion dollars to any franchise that's going to pick him. Yeah. That's why. But he's going to be more susceptible to injury because he's ginormous. His feet are weird looking, by the way. <laughs> like... The, the weird take. <laughs> yeah. But no, feet are a big deal. In right. Uh, like, for that. Rodney for... Hood had weird feet, and guess what? He was always hurt. And not in the league. <laughs> and he's gone. So I, I think that he's not, he's not going to live up to the hype. I think he's going to struggle. Um, well, living up to the hype, nobody, nobody's going to be able to do that unless, you know, he wins five titles and is, breaks the scoring record. And they go, oh, then now he lived up to the hype. Yeah. But, like, it's just unrealistic. And so whenever he falls short, like, if he doesn't make the playoffs one year, so national TV is going to be like, is he a bust now? Like, he hasn't made the... Well, that's but, not fair. LeBron right. hasn't made the playoffs sometimes. Right, but that, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, <laughs> the, the uh, height is just... It's just not. It's just so skyrocketed that nobody's going to be able to live up to that. If he, unless... ends, if he ends up being as good as Anthony Davis, then that's still a win. Right, but like... But that's th- kind of a likely trajectory, in my opinion, of where he'll end up. It's going to be kind of like an Anthony Davis that when he plays, it's like, oh, great, he set out the entire year of nursing injuries, but he's here for the postseason, and suddenly this team that was just dying to make the playoffs might win the title. <laughs> Here's a random question, and it's early. Do you think Webb and Yama might play... His whole career in San Antonio seems like a guy that might be pretty loyal and stay. Well, it's interesting. I think, like, kind of going with that foreign 
mindset. Oh, players don't leave when they're when they're foreign players. You and, know? and that's actually frustrating because I think that Luke is going to break that. Oh yeah. And when he breaks it, it's going to open the gates, and then small markets like Utah really don't have much of a chance. So what chance we, in hell. So what we have now with all the picks and stuff to make sure that we can go get our players. That's the model. Like the, the Jazz are doing the model: get a whole bunch of picks and assets well, and develop. Well, I think the yeah. problem though is that in Lucas' case, Dallas. They haven't been able to put anybody around him, but then when they did with Jalen Brunson, they just let him go. Well, they put, so they, it's, they put it's, around him, and it's just—it's—it's awesome. it's more of the in that specific case, it's more of the organization falling short on wanting to keep Luca. Versus, well, they fell short on not giving Brunson four years, fifty-five. Right, but like when that was m- most of the um, foreign players, uh, Giannis. You know, Rudy Gobert, like they wanted to stay, or at least maybe Rudy. Rudy. Want, he really wanted to stay. It, it's more. It's just more. Not Giannis, but like with Rudy, it was more of the organization that just had different plans, different ideas, and well, they were trying to take care of their superstar Mitchell, and they picked a side, and Mitchell didn't want to be here. It was really a obvious. Once they traded Rudy, the outcome was obvious. Mitchell didn't want to be here. Honestly, I'm kind of happy it worked out the way it did. I think well, I'm ready to start. For, I was so it, sour. It, it, it was the right thing to do, but it was frustrating the because, like, right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it was fr- the frustrating thing is like, let's say we didn't do the Rudy trade and we just did the Mitchell one, and we have Laurie Market and Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. We have that team on the court this year. That team's contending, especially in the West. Like that, it like, would be pretty good. Well, I'm, we were talking the other day. It's like, I think, in my opinion, this. Playoffs uh, season has shown us that seeding doesn't matter. Not very much. Not when people are just intentionally trying to walk their way into the playoffs and be healthy. Um, well, I mean, there's there's something to be said about like getting a good seed, but like what I mentioned was if it's going to cost the ultimate cost is going to cost your health and your team's like overall readiness. Like it's not worth it. Like Miami, like they got Jimmy Butler. Bam's a pretty good player and a bunch of nobodies. Like, we're, I'm hearing about him for the first time. <laughs> like, well, they have seven undrafted guys. Who's that? Miami. Yeah, so, they have the right culture. Right. Culture and coach. Yeah. And superstar. This is what Utah needs to do. They need to get the right culture in place to where stars actually want to stay. I think they're so. headed that way, though. Like, I, lo- I like Hardy. I like their culture with Trader Danny. <laughs> I think losing our assistant is a big deal. Um, what's his name? Oh, um, I Jensen? Know. Yeah. Alex Jensen. I think that's a bigger deal than that people want to admit. Maybe. Every big man that's ever worked for him. When we talk about, I mean, you read Tony Jones's thing to us not too long ago. Might not be on the recording, but. No. Like, the big man in Utah and the development in Utah has happened really well, and I think he's been a huge part of it. And so if we're trying to develop these rookies and we lost him, that could be a problem. Yeah, I mean, we'll see because. A lot, a lot of the coaching probably does come down to the guys that don't get a lot of credit. It probably comes down to the guys that are busting their butts in practice mm-hmm. and teaching these guys footwork and where to be on the court. Fundam- fundamentals, shocking, and at an NBA level is important. <laughs> yeah, right. So it is. it remains to be seen, but just going like, I don't know, Hardy, Hardy seems like... He knows how to work the rat. Like, I'm excited for Hardy when we get competitive. Like, 
I think he's gonna be, I, the way I've seen him push back with refs and like work them over in games and also get in anyone's face and just call them out. Like it's interesting. I think the hardest thing. I don't disagree with you. The hardest thing to remember is the life of a coach is very different than what you see. Like, right? There was a time when Quinn Snyder was a brand new coach, and he was just like that. But when you have expectations, you can do exactly what you want. The second you have expectations is the second Dante Exum doesn't play anymore, and the fan base is like, "What the heck? What a waste!" You know, you go down the list. It's like, well, how, how yeah. does he handle it when we have expectations? And does he still know how to coach the right way? Or does he do what Snyder did and eventually we're going to guard James Harden from behind? Like, overthinking everything. That was horrible. Like, but this is the truth. Like, you overthink and overcomplicate everything. You try to outsmart things. And you, you, he allowed himself to think he was a better coach than the players can be players because he knew the players weren't good enough. And frankly, it's because he stopped developing them. So I guess when... Here's a question. When do you think it will matter for him? Like... Like when is when is Utah going to start having expectations? When they cash in on their assets. Okay. So if if Luca comes available and they give seven first round picks, that moment on, we have we have expectations. We have a star player that we sure. have to conform to. Right now we have a two year buffer of Larry Markins on a sweet deal, and you can kind of wait and wait and wait until that day comes, and then you you strike when it comes. And the frustrating thing is like the player that would would actually make sense is Damian Lillard three years ago. Mm-hmm. But like the cost for him now with his contract, it's like, this sucks. Astronomical. Getting him to come here, he would, I don't, don't want to say he'd embrace it because he's actually loyal to the Portland, but if there's one place he would go and embrace it, it's where he, it's Utah. And so, yeah. It's just too little too late with like Mike Conley. Like we could have, mm-hmm. Mike Conley or. That was the biggest. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like, he like, if he got him like a couple years before, like we got him, like maybe it was would have been different. It still would have been a problem with size. Yeah, these... right. But like, and I'm I'm thinking more like we got some some of these players like too late. Like good yeah. player, but like we could have had you. Wish we could have had you like two or three years ago. Well, the amount of assets we gave away for Mike Conley, we should have gotten t- with a couple more years on the deal. Like we literally gave the farm for Mike freaking Conley, and it's not a knock on Conley, but like, come on, if you're gonna get that many picks away. And everything we gave, we'll give him like Kyle Korver. What else was in that deal? Like players, oh, Crowder, yeah, Crowder, Crowder, Korver. We yeah. gave up all of our role Grayson players. Allen. <coughs> yep. We yeah, we gave up all of our role players, multiple draft picks to find another high level role player. Like Mike Conley was never a star player. He made the All Star game that one year because he actually were, had a great year. This year, well, yeah, and last year, but like this he, year, this year. And, and like I said, this is not a knock on Conley, but you gave away a package for. Conley that you should have been able to get a better player. Yeah. And you, and what happens is you're position hunting. Like, we would have been better off keeping Rubio. But instead, we acted like idiots, and we took the heart of the team away. Like, and wondered what was different. Like, that guy was awesome in the playoffs, man. He's, like, pumping the crowd up. Yeah, that was a good one. Was, he was good I went to that game. That was probably my favorite jazz team to watch. It was a good one. There were uh, so many things about it that were just fun. Well... There was no expectations, and, too. Right. No, and there was a lot no of No expectations, spite. and they shattered what ex, what little expectations well, there was. We, we lost our star player and gained a better star player in the draft. Yeah. Now, the, the devil's advocate is if we kept Hayward, would Donovan be who he is today? I bet you he would barely... Probably not. He'd probably be an all-star for the first time this year. Maybe. Because he wouldn't have had the opportunity. What... 
go getting out of this talk for just a minute and one other thought I had. What did you guys think of Detroit drawing number five? <laughs> they got screwed. Oh man. They Isn't had, that just they, awful? They were the third or tied for the best odds to get the number one pick and they get five. That's maybe why like your conspiracy theory might be true. Because they had one, they had one the last year. year. Guess what, guys? You're not getting hooked up two years in a row. Nope. Well I I think we were talking too, like there should be a rule that if you've been there in the lottery for two, like four four or five consecutive years, you just don't like you get kicked out. Like there needs. I like it's, <laughs> it's stupid when you see the same seven team, like top seven teams or bottom seven teams in the lottery, and you're like, kind how of, can you not figure this out? Like how Houston and Sacramento have had season tickets to the lottery for like the last fifteen years. Yeah, and like how can you not figure it out? Sacramento finally figured it out. Finally, because they weirdly traded Halliburton and it worked out. It's really weird. They lowered their upside, but raised their floor. Like, well, their floor was a first-round exit. Well, playing the defending Good for their fan base for getting a first-round exit. It's been too long for them. Yeah. Like, good for, you know. You know, going back to conspiracy a little bit. How about Orlando? Every time they give a player to the Lakers, they get the number one pick. It's like Shaq goes. They went, like, not too long oh. later. You get Dwight Howard. And then you lose. Um, who's the last player? Who else did they give away? Um, well, Dwight Howard left. I mean, they gave Mo Bamba to the Lakers. But they, they lost Dwight Howard to the Lakers. And then they got Boncaro. Like, anytime you lose a player to the Lakers, somehow the basketball gods of conspiracies get together and say, oh, we got to take care of Orlando within the next three years to make sure they get the number one pick because <laughs> they've groomed this talent so we can send it to the Lakers and get better ratings on TV. So, really, Orlando is just the minor league team for the, the Lakers. The farm oh, yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. So... Couple other interesting clippers. <laughs> couple things I want to hit on before we go. Um, we're gonna we have a lot of draft coverage coming up. We're gonna start doing scouting reports on players. We're gonna talk about specific fits for teams and do some mock drafts. Just a couple of talking points that I heard that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. I was listening to Bill Simmons and Tate Frazier talk about players. Bill is in on a team trying to get both Thompsons on the same team. That should be us. However, if they bust, that's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, was, I was just listening to it, and I was just like, man, right. I want to ask these guys this question. Orlando. He's, that was who they were talking about. Yeah. But he's like, who else Orlando. could do it? I was like, man, I wish Utah could do that. Like, Because guess what? You suddenly have stay power if they turn out. Yeah. They have no reason to leave. They're on the same team. They'd settle down here. They'd get their houses here. They'd bring their family here. It would be one of those things where in a small market you could actually prosper because when you have so much money. And interesting fact about the Thompson Twins, they were first scouted by the Jazz and one other team, maybe the Thunder, probably two or three years ago. They did some camp or something. Hmm. And they were the only teams that showed up. So the Jazz have been watching them for years. Really? Mm-hmm. The only huh. teams that showed up. We've been... Well, the two, the two teams that have... 40 draft picks just sitting in their back pockets. <laughs> <laughs> the Thunder and the Jazz? Is that who it was? I think it was... It was it, it, no, I it might have been the Thunder. It might not have been. But there are only two teams in the Jazz were one of them. Huh. They've been watching them for a long time. Like... And, and aware of them. And I, interviewed them when they were young. Like, very much involved with them. So... I mean, you'd have to make some drastic moves and trades to be able to get both of those guys. If you're at the Jazz, yeah. But I, I just thought the topic was interesting. 
I, I think for a small market, it's an interesting roll the dice gamble because, you know, players aren't going to take pay cuts, but if they can play together and they've always played together and they enjoy each other's company on the road and it gives them that sense of being grounded, you, the Morris twins really struggled being apart. Being apart, and, yeah. And it wasn't until they kind of, they took a long time, right? The Lopez twins are another duo that were both really talented and one's always slightly better than the other. And my my other hot take is I think that the draft is wrong. I think Osar is the better twin. And but, um, I, I'm I, in on that camp too. He shoots better. He's he wins the MVP of the league he's in. He's every, he has every reason to be known as the best player. Their games are similar. They're extremely similar. But one of them is labeled a point guard and the other one's not. Right. Mm. So people are looking at positional size on value, but they have the same amount of assists. Their playmaking is the same. They try I'll tell you this much. Anybody who watches their film and says, I can tell them apart, is bull. Dude, they're full of crap. <laughs> they look the exact same. Yeah. One just has better numbers, and he's not listed as a point guard, so he's supposed to go, like, three or four picks lower. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like, can he go to nine, please? Yeah, let's go with that. I'm okay with that, because it's, they're the same. Like, they, these two twins are so identical that it's like, I don't know, it's... The only thing that will be different is one's going to start in the league as a point guard and one's going to start as a two-guard or a three and eventually turn into a point guard. <laughs> he's getting like eight or nine assists a game already. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's he's getting more assists than his brother who's a point guard. He's shooting a better percentage from three. He's won the MVP of the league. He won the championship on his team. He's You pick the winner. Like That's why, right. that's why Luka Doncic is who he is today. He was the winner. Yeah. So what, what, how are we, this is why when you have skin in the game as these teams, someone's going to pick Osar because they don't want to be the team that didn't pick Osar. And pick, or the, someone's going to pick Amon early because they don't dare to pick Osar. Their job's on the line. If they do that type of stretch, how dare you? Right? But what's going to happen is that the brothers going to be better. That's my, that's my other hot take. Yeah, I mean, so. it'll be really interesting to follow those guys. I don't think there's any chance they'll end up on the same team. But... Um, the last kind of thought process, uh, just early talk, because it's kind of, uh, going over Tony Jones' article that he wrote today, he said there was five prospects that jumped out to him that really should be the thought process at nine. It was Anthony Black, Osar Thompson, Jairus Walker, um, uh, Hop- Anthony Taylor Hawk. Hendricks. Oh, that's what. It, that's what and it was. There was one other guy, but uh, did you get a Kentucky's guard? Oh, Casey Wallace. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, which, which, just tell me, like, not necessarily how they'd fit for Utah or any team. Just what do you like and dislike about guys right now? Well, I, I think in Utah, just kind of stick with. My thought process with Utah is that they need a wing, a three and D, and a wing defender. Uh, I think with the Jazz currently kind of constructed, uh, there's a few kind of could be moving parts, but as constructed as it is, I think we've got an, enough playmaking, or not. I get not playmaking, but I th- shot creating that. I guess if we add another shot creator, there's gonna, there's too many, like not enough ma- shots to go around. Yeah, what you're what you're saying, if I'm understanding right, is 
we have ISO shot creation. People can create for themselves. Yeah, yeah. But we need right. Someone can create for other people. Right. So the ball can be moved. Right, but I think we where know. Utah has struggled in the past, and where it's like, well, we could have used a wing defender. What a shock! Like we've got, we've got everything else in a. I guess not in a perfect spot, but like in a good spot, we're like, okay, I can trust that we've got a good playmaker, we've got enough shot makers, all we need is, is a defender, but somehow they go the other direction. It's like, why? Like, and you wonder why we lose games. Why? You wonder why we can't get out of the second round. Like, we need a defender. You wonder why? Well, yeah. But. Or a wing defender, not just a defender in general, but like a wing defender. We need a perimeter defense. Yeah. We don't need Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley <laughs> on the court at the same time ever again, and thankfully we'll never have it. No, um, the, I mean that—that's just kind of where I'm thinking. I mean, I know I would love to get a good point guard and a defender, but trying to get at least at number nine, trying to get one or the other, and then miss on the second option that you don't choose uh, would be. Just I, I don't know I, I don't know where I was going with that but I think just trying trying to get uh, I would go after the uh, Taylor was it Taylor, Taylor Hendricks yeah yeah I mean Ryan scouted these guys the most so I want to hear like what your thoughts are on uh, on Case and Wallace and Black especially like. Because those are two guys that just keep popping into my head that Utah might look at. Uh, Asar, too, but I think he's going to move up higher. But Yeah. You know, this is like a difficult question <laughs> because my answer could change tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Jazz Twitter is going to have a, a favorite player every day until June 22nd or whatever. Here's my thought if I'm the Jazz. David Locke, and all these people say the Jazz need a point guard, which is true. We lost Conley. We need to have somebody like that. The best person that fits that is Casey Wallace. Anthony Black might have another gear when he plays in space that's going to surprise people. I think workouts are really important. The fact that he didn't play in the combine kind of makes me mad because that's the first time you can see it and really know what you're getting. And frankly, I think he hurt his stock because if he could play in space, he might have gone from nine to five, you know, because that's a unique skill set. Maybe he's... Maybe he's going to be better than Josh Kitty, and the team is going to love that. And he plays decent defense. Like, he's not – he's defensively capable. He reminds me of uh, um, Kyle Anderson, but – Who? Uh, Anthony Black. Oh, okay. He reminds me a little bit of Kyle Anderson, but he doesn't go as slow, <laughs> and, but he's not fast. If that makes sense. He doesn't go fast <laughs> like a John Wall. He goes faster than Kyle Anderson, but he doesn't – he can't go as slow, and it's unique. And I don't know how I feel about it. So – I think if I were to tell you what I would do if I'm the Jazz is always take the best player available no matter what. I would agree. Don't chase a point guard. I kind of feel better about giving one year to Town Horton Tucker. Yes. Because guess what? He's like 22. It's like he's a rookie. Anyway. <laughs> he looks like he's 38. But... Well, he might be. But we <laughs> on his papers it says he's 22. Yeah, right. So, he can still dunk like he's young. So. Here's, here's, my, here's my point to you guys, and you tell me what you think. You watch these high-level playoff games right now. And everyone's so concerned in Utah of getting a point guard. That 
Denver. They do not have a point guard on their team. Thank you. I was thinking this on the The Lakers. Nobody has a point guard. Do not. Okay. Dennis Schroeder is somewhat of a. He's a playmaker. The Lakers don't really use a point guard. LeBron creates all the plays. Boston does not have a point guard. Miami does not use a point guard. Kyle Lowry comes off the bench. I think you just have to get good players. There you go. And Do you know figure it is? out. You, you know what the point guard is now? Point guard is, you're the shortest person on the roster right now. Go after him and <laughs> score on him. You must be the point guard, so we need you to bring the ball up. Because so, until it's the fourth quarter, then we're going to give it to our best player anyways. Yeah. And he's going to unless you're, unless you're boss. Like, if you go through the NBA, like, true point guards in the NBA. Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving. Curry. Curry. And Conley. And Dame. Dame. He's not really a traditional point guard. Not, though. not tradition, no, but he's he's got the ball in his yeah. hand a lot. But I think there might be four point guards in the league. The rest of the time, guess what? Luca's your point guard. Right. Guess what? Your best player your is... Your best player is your point guard. Hayward, when he was on the Jazz, played point when it was the end of the game. The Probably. point guard yeah. existence is gone. And they're like, oh, Curry's a point guard. You know, he's just the best player on the team. Get good players. If you draft a guy that's 6'1", he better be Jalen Brunson. Like, that's what you're looking for. Right. Like, but don't go draft a player that's 6'1". Number one rule of thumb for me going forward, if you don't draft size, that that guy better defend. I'm not interested in short dudes. I, if they're short, they better be Brunson. Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, okay, okay, I dude. might be sounding like a woman right now. What kind of dudes are you interested in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... You can, just tell me in inches. Yeah, but... <laughs> um... No, we we just need we just need tall players that have length and size and long arms. We want wingspan. Like I'm just not pro point guard anymore. No, you want because the thing is, is everyone can handle the. I want a Boston Celtics roster. That I like. I like that. I want Generation Two of Boston Celtics roster where instead of everyone being six seven, everyone's. 6'10 or bigger. And I'm serious. Man. I, no, I, okay, so I've been, I've been telling this hot take to lots of people how you were, you've been all in on the Porzingis. I, I want to know yeah, this yeah. before we go. Yeah, yeah. You've been all in on the Porzingis, Kessler, Markinen. Like, that's what you want to see. Why do you want to see that? Because the only way you can play defense in the NBA is protecting the rim. And... Everyone wants to switch one through five. So if you switch one through five and your whole back line is seven feet, there's always a seven-footer under the hoop. And guess what? If there's a seven-footer on the wing and he gets blown by, he runs into another seven-footer. You can't ISO weak side and run out. You can't run things to open that up if they're on both wings. So when the Jazz were good on defense, they had Favors and Gobert. And there was always one person under the hoop. People figured it out and they pulled both one away, pulled one out here, and then they can get to the hoop. You can't pull three away from the hoop. That makes sense. So can, so can I just tell you, like, with Hendricks, that gives you a lot cheaper option of that's why I would want being Hendricks. able to do that. That's why I'm like Hendricks, Siakam, or... Ooh, Siakam. Or, um, we need to talk about that on the next one. <laughs> yeah, but, like, those guys, like, having three guys like that, that's why I like Hendricks. That's why I like Walker. Walker's not as big as Hendricks, but if you watch... Not Walker. Wallace. No, Walker. No, Walker. Yeah, From Jay. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. He's he is seven two and a half wingspan six eight, like he's not six nine six ten, but he blocks shots. He steals the ball. He's a he'll be just fine, and we have rim protection. So like in this draft, 
take the best player. If that best player is Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky, take Kaysen Wallace. Mm-hmm. But don't do it because he's a point guard. Do it because he's the best player. Yeah. And you need to do your homework and know that. So, yeah. Al, do you have anything else to add? I know that we cap out here in a second. No, I think uh, it should be an exciting time leading up to the draft. And uh, hopefully Utah can get the player they're looking for so we can start competing again. Yeah. Um, just... Keep keep uh, listening for more draft coverage. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. I got one more comment. Yeah. One more thing before the 